This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. Happy spring. I know. It's so nice out. I hope it's nice where you are. I hope so, too. But I I did just see Laura Lagos and our friend Tina in the state of New York that were not so hot. It looks very cold there. (laughs) East Coast, not so fun. East Coast, not as much. Although I will say I am actually realizing that winter is my favorite season. I know. Really? I just did a... Yeah, she did. Uh-huh. I, I know you like winter. I know you like snow, but like, do I you like ever winter. get like, the, frigid, like- the frigid cold, really? Like the freezing frigid cold? It just doesn't bother me. I don't love it, but it doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is being too hot. Okay. I feel like I don't mind being cold really at all. I actually feel like it kind of like wakes me up and I'm like, mm. like that's, and I feel like, ooh, like it's cold out. I'm going to, you know, and I feel like I get overheated so quickly and it's not an experience I enjoy joy. I don't mind being really cold. I actually think it's like oh. kind of, I know, see, I feel like I feel the way about being too cold as a lot of people feel about being hot. Where to, to like hot people, being hot is sort of like, yeah, but like you're hot and you're in the sun and you're like warm. Getting and vitamin that's about, D. Right. And I'm like, no, but like you're cold and you're all bundled up and like the wind is blowing. And I also think that was false. I don't actually love wind. But the thing about Colorado is that it's still sunny, even when it's cold. And that's the key. That's and I, I feel yeah. very lucky about Colorado in that sense. Because people who, especially my friends in Arizona, they think it just snows constantly in Colorado, which, well, at least where we live, it does not. And it's just really funny because they're always like, is it just so cold there? I'm like, no, we get so much sunshine. It is oddly not that cold. Anyway, we're just talking about weather now. But I was going to say, doesn't it feel like a pain in the ass to have to carry so much stuff, like clothing stuff, I mean, extra summer, things? Summertime. not all that different. In the summer, yeah. you, saw, you have like water bottles, sunscreen. Yeah. Kids are a lot more likely to get dirty in the summer. So you got to have extra clothes. I feel like when you're in the winter, you have your own stuff too. Like you have like your jackets and everything. And so it just kind of adds to the pile. And then I don't know that like no matter where you're going or what season or what occasion, you have to bring a bunch of crap with kids. If anything, in the winter, they always have pockets in their jackets. <laughs> you can get, they can help. I remember, though, when I was in college, I worked at a flower shop, as a lot of you know. Um, there was this woman who moved from San Diego to, like, her husband was moving to Boulder, and she, obviously, they moved to Boulder, and she got a job with us. And I remember one of her first days, she was like, what do you do with all your stuff? Like, if you go to a restaurant. I was like, I don't understand the question. Like, she was like, where do you put your coat? I was like, what do you mean? Where do you put your coat? Like, it had never occurred to me to not know what to do with all your stuff. It's like, well, you put like your mittens in your pockets. You put your hat, just like put it in your pocket and then hang your coat on the back of your chair. And she's like, well, doesn't that get in the way? I was like, I mean, not really, not really. but if you really weren't used to just having all that stuff with you all the time and all you, know, if you were from San Diego and all you ever had was a purse, You'd be like, yeah, what do I do with this huge freaking jacket and these like big gloves and this hat and like yeah. wear your boots everywhere? Like, yeah, you just kind of always look like you're getting ready to go chop down a tree. Like, this is the look. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I shudder at what I used to wear when I moved to Colorado from Arizona because I just didn't have an idea of warmth or things that you should wear. Or, I mean, I used to run in the most random like sweatpants, things that did not keep you warm. 
not like moisture wicking anything. I think I had a J. Crew big trench coat that was probably like 10 sizes too big. So I'm sure the cold air just like went right through it. I drove a rear wheel drive pickup truck, rear wheel drive. So front wheel drive, no, nothing. So when it snowed, I would just spin in circles and uh, try to put like sandbags in the back. Doesn't work at all. I'm just shaking my head. I think the first time that it snowed and I had to drive somewhere. First of all, I don't know how I survived driving in the snow because I had no like real idea how to drive in the snow. I must have just gotten so lucky and I didn't really have to drive that far. But the first time that it kind of froze, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but this was me in my 20s. Arizona girl didn't know about windshields freezing and needing like the de-icer. I'm in just your- shit, profusely shaking my head to this whole story. Like, no, no, I didn't no, know no, any no, of this. No, and part no, of me is no, like, no. my dad is a mechanic. He knows this. They actually lived in Colorado. And I'm sure he just like, this was something he forgot because I do not blame my father whatsoever. He's taught me so much about cars. But just that one detail, I was like, oh, I got in my car. I'm like, oh, my windshield's frozen. I'm so embarrassed to say the rest because it gets worse. So I go outside or we go inside. I get a I get a pitcher of water to just like pour on the windshield to try to de-ice it. And it just freezes again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your face is exactly how I'm feeling I, about my myself. My face is just like, wow. Her face is like that face you do when you're like, what the, the actual... The face you do yeah. when like your friend's like, I text him X and you're like... Yeah, big really X. bad decisions face. Bad decisions really, face. Really, and, decisions and face. judging. Bad decisions. Judging bad decisions Judging face, yes. for sure. I will say, so we live in a neighborhood with a lot of families who have immigrated from Mexico. They, as the group, are so committed to not buying snow scrapers. These are people who have lived here for decades. I still see them all. <laughs> like, I hate to make generalizations, but we're talking about four or five different families on my block where only like eight families live out there with like a kitchen broom scraping the snow off their car every time it snows. I'm like, guys, get a snow scraper. Yeah. You have lived here for 25 years. And, you know, then they have like a credit card with the ice, oh, the yeah. ice off the windshield. Like, yeah. you are a re- permanent resident of this area. Why are you doing this to yourself? You should You're just so buy them all. Not- I should. Like, next year leave for Christmas, it like Santa, I'll just, like, just leave them on, on their stoop. On yeah. their snowy car. Just like, there you go. Concerned neighbor. Right. Worried about you out there with your kitchen broom that's now covered in little ice balls. But I do love spring also. I don't love allergies, but whatever. That's fine. We have medication. For Are you thing. starting to feel allergies? Because last week I started to get sniffly. Are you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Especially because we've been working in the garden a lot. So we stir up a lot of like the old. So we, part of our gardening that we do is we do a little bit of hay bale gardening, which if you are into gardening, I would highly recommend looking it up. It's great for any type of plant that needs a lot of drainage. We've had really good luck with peppers and we've had, I think last year we might try some potatoes in there and there's a whole like science to it. You first, you prep it with a bunch of fertilizer and then you soak it and you let it sort of kind of start to decompose a little bit in the inside of the hay bale. Look it up. It's really fun. We've had good success. Then the cool thing is at the end of the year, you're left with this like really great hay bale that's partially broken down and you can break it apart and use it to mulch your garden over the winter. We very much ascribe to the belief, and this is not a belief, this is, these are, this is science, that little bugs 
and little critters high like hibernate and use your organic material in your garden in like leaf piles, like bugs will live in there all winter. And the fact that we all scrape up our leaves every winter is completely unnecessary, completely unnecessary. Your leaves will break down by the end of this, of the winter. That's Just, really good to know. Like if anything, actually we spend way leaving, too much time breaking so much our leaves. Time. So much time. And if anything, leaving your leaves will insulate your lawn a little bit. Yeah. And unless you live in an area in Colorado, we get away with things a little bit more than elsewhere because it's very, very dry. And so we don't have to worry about stuff molding. But even then, leaves, the leaves in your area are designed to break down based on the climate of your area. Just reconsider your beliefs about raking leaves, everybody. This is like breaking news. Breaking news. Reconsider your your raking, breaking beliefs. But so we have these hay bales and we have been breaking them down and spreading them out amongst our garden beds. And that's really giving me a lot of allergies. Got it. I just put in an order for Allergena that my naturopath gave me last year. And that was a, if you haven't tried it, look it up. It's the best because they go by zones based on what you're allergic to. And that stuff saved me because I sometimes with like Zyrtec and all the other things that make me so drowsy and whatever the nasal spray doesn't work for me. Like yeah. makes my nose so dry. Yeah. I don't mind. My big thing are my eyes. I get really, my eyes get really dry. So I like I use the eye drops, but I'm getting LASIK in two weeks, you guys. Oh my gosh. I forgot about so that. Excited. I know. But I am suddenly worried about getting LASIK in the peak of allergy season because you're not allowed yeah. to rub your eyes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm just going to be like eye drops, uh, eye drops, eye drops. Eye drops. Yeah. I'm so excited. <gasps> okay. So how was your spring break? It was so fun. We went to Steamboat, which is a ski town. If you guys aren't familiar, it's a ski town that's about three and a half hours away from Denver, the Denver area. So it's a, one of the farther away resorts. It's actually north of a lot of most of the resorts. And so in between where we live and Steamboat, it's actually not that far as the crow flies. But the thing in between us is the entirety of Rocky Mountain National Park. <laughs> So you have to, you know, just hop over a few little, little major mountains. So you have to go real around and it takes about three and a half hours. And, but it was so fun. The snow was fine. It wasn't like amazing, but they got enough snow throughout the week that it wasn't too icy. We somehow hit this middle ground that is very elusive. If you've ever traveled with kids, you know what I'm about to describe that it's when you're traveling, it's really hard to hit this sweet spot of keeping your kids entertained without getting to the point where they're so tired by the end of the day that you just have a meltdown every single night. And somehow we nailed it. There were very, they, they melted down when we got home, like at the end end, but there like were home, very home. few like home, home, like, yeah. Like return. your house currently. Yeah. Yes. But they did so good. And like, we were able to keep them occupied during the day. We did some skiing. We did this like mountain alpine coaster thing, which we finally one day just bought the unlimited pass and rode it like 40 times. I literally rode that thing 15 times. It was, yeah, it was just really fun. This was our first real trip as a family where both kids were old enough to participate. Yeah. And that feels like a big That's really milestone. Cool. Yeah, for sure. And you got, did you do private ski lessons too? Yes. And then I did some private yeah, ski lessons. Yeah, that looked really fun. It was so fun. And one of the days we actually paid a little extra to go early before anybody else. And it was, it's called first tracks. And so 
it's like you and, you know, other people can do it too, but it's not very many. And so you're up there with maybe 30 other people, as opposed to the rest of the day, we're up there with like 10,000 other people, not 10,000, maybe like a lot. I mean, it could get up to 10,000. It's you just feel like the only person on the mountain and like in the cold morning and the snow is so quiet. And you're just like out yeah. there skiing and just nobody else is around. And it's like this crunchy sound and the trees. Oh my so gosh. Nice. I love that. Yeah. That's it so was fun. great. It was like very. Do you feel yeah. more confident about your skiing abilities? Now? Yeah, I actually really do. Like I, the thing that's funny is I've been skiing since I was three and we've talked about this and I'm not a very good skier. But the thing that I loved about taking a lesson was that I know, you know, I know how, quote unquote, know how to ski, but it's so great to have somebody to really give you something specific to focus on instead of, I think when it comes to skiing, or I think that you could apply this to a lot of other activities. If you've ever just sort of casually grown up doing something, whether it's like running or, you know, I don't right. know. Or you've never had like someone, a professional right. coach watching you and giving you tips from day totally. one. Like yeah. maybe you've always sort of been like a recreational lap swimmer, but you've never been on a swim team, or maybe you've always been like a recreational runner, but you've never had hired like a running coach or a weightlifter or skier or, you know, whatever yeah. biker, like the, the list goes on and on. So it's so nice to have somebody like, it's not groundbreaking information, but you're, but just to have them say like, Hey, listen, on this next run, I only want you to focus on this one thing. And then you do it and you're like, Oh, as opposed to the flip side of being that person who's only ever done something casually and never had a coach evaluate you where when you try to go up a skill level, you're just actually what you're doing is just muscling through it until it gets easier Yeah. without really knowing what you're muscling through. Yeah. And then the other thing that was great was that miles got on skis and well, Evie got on skis. She put her ski boots on like it was no big deal. Put her skis on like it was no big deal. Got on the lift like she'd been on it forever. I mean, you have to hold her because she's tiny. Sure, yeah. But like she could have cared less. It took us almost three years to get Miles a pair to, put her, to put a pair of ski boots on. We there was a period in Miles's life where he would he went to this like you know fancy Waldorf preschool where they had to wear snow pants to school every day because they were outside all day. He would. I've lost years off my life trying to put snow pants on that kid. Huh. To the point where we actually involved an occupational therapist. Like we were like, mm. something's going on here. Yeah. And came to find that Miles had like some retained reflexes. We worked with an OT for about a year on, a, on like a every, every other week basis and worked him through a lot of stuff. And I am sorry if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to know more information about this. I don't really have a lot of good resources on this. And this OT that we found was like, and I also don't want to like be defeatist, like I can't help you. But this OT that we found was really a unicorn in that I actually had found her because she ran like a group tummy time class for infants in our area. And so I went, it was when Evie was a baby. And so I like went to one with her just kind of like for something to do when Evie was tiny. And then while I was there, I was talking to her about miles and, and I ended up setting up an appointment for miles while I was working with her. But okay. So it was like this very kismet couldn't have, right. It wasn't like, Oh, we decided to get miles evaluated and blah, blah, blah. It was like this unrelated experience led to me finding this great OT, which who then worked with miles. And I mean, we paid out of pocket, like it was crazy, but I'm crazy expensive, but, um, she worked with him through a bunch of retained reflexes and, uh, worked on, worked with him on his like vestibular nervous system, which is sort of the part of your nervous system that tells you where you are in space. And for kids, if that is, is dysregulated, it can cause a lot of like sensory seeking Mm -hmm. because they want, it's like, um, sometimes it's like why kids won't get off the swings or won't get off the trampoline or won't put a coat on because they want to feel that cold air. Cause it like really those experiences help affirm where their body is in space. And they just sometimes can't really tell. So through that, we got to the point where we could 
gets no pants on him. So watching Evie just like put her boots on and then put her snow pants on and just like, or not in that order, but you know, and just like get on this, this lift was like, Oh, this is why some of Miles's like peers are already like skiing double blocks is because they didn't have to spend three years to get their ski boots on. And it's just been so interesting. And I've been thinking a lot about that comparison that we all do with everybody you know, that we all do with our kids and with other families and with other parents where, and it's so easy to do, particularly with young kids where you look and see like, what are they skilled at? Or what are they, you know, and as a very active family, I always expected that our kids would just like hop up on skis and would want to always go hiking and would, you know, and like another thing is just this past weekend, Miles rode a two-wheeler bike for the first time. He's six and a half practically. And he's 50 inches tall and or 52 inches tall, you know? And so he's like a big kid. Like he sh- could have, he has had the physicality to be on a two-wheeler bike probably for close to three years. And we just couldn't get him to do it. And that balance was just too scary for him. It's just been so interesting to have these two experiences kind of back to back where like he finally warmed up to skiing and then he finally wanted to get on a bike and maybe they're related, but to have this reminder that our kids will really do their thing in their own time. And sometimes the harder you push, the worse it makes it. And you really have to temper your expectations. And it's so easy to get in that comparison trap and think like, oh, well, the other families must be doing something better because my kid can't ride a two-wheeler or isn't interested in going skiing or whatever. Yeah. Or they're excelling in one area that, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, there's got to be so much pressure even more so now, I think with everything with social media, of course, but especially with parenting, and or even just being pregnant. I talked to some pregnant friends that were like, I can't even go. And you probably experienced this too, like so much information where you just have to kind of tune out and figure it out for yourself or like not figure it out, but just not let other pressures or influencers be like, this is the best way. Like, how do you decide what you truly want right. when there's so much comparison? I've been like, I love pregnancy. And you're like, I just really I hate it sick. being pregnant. I yeah. hate it. Um. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, we have talked about this quite a lot, but as most of you know, like my first pregnancy was great. My first postpartum experience was almost the last thing I ever did. And it was horrible. Then my pregnancy with Evie was horrible. I was nauseous all day, every day for 10 straight months. And then I postpartum with her was pretty easy. And she's been a, a really different, you know, just a very different experience than having miles. People sometimes will ask me like, what are your favorite baby books? Like, and I immediately, even before miles was born, just intuitively was like, I'm not going to read parenting books. If there is a specific issue that I am seeking out guidance on, I will talk to professionals about that, whether that be occupational therapists, educators, you know, and yeah, maybe other parents, if there's like a one-off, like, Hey, I can't get my kid to, you know, stop telling poop jokes. Like, what did you do? (laughs) Whatever. Or, you know, Hey, what are your potty training? Like, did this work for you? And those are like close friends that I'll reach out to, but I have never read a parenting book. And I don't think my parenting is worse off for it. If anything, I feel like it allows me to be more, to just kind of go more with my instincts because I don't have these other voices in my head. But yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of people out there. And so I think what I want to get across is just that even for a family like us, that's very active. I consider us to be very involved in our kids' lives. I consider us to be very like communicative. You know, we are very like open and responsive to following our kids' leads. It still looks really different than what I thought it would. We still have these surprises all the time of having to take skills and milestones and life 
just at our kids' pace instead of what we want them to do, which is like sometimes kind of disheartening and sort of like, but I agree with my body. Get right. Get, like, get, how can you not be on. right? Right. <laughs> Who are you? Well, I'm glad you had a good spring break. Yeah, that was fun. And did Evie jailbreak in your bed? No. Set up. Actually. Um, we bought these shoes in a bunk bed on the bottom bunk, which I think really helped because she was like against the wall. And so, you know, when you're on a bottom bunk, the, the foot of the bed is also like kind of contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a ladder. Con- yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we had, then we bought this little side rail from Amazon that made it look like a little hospital bed. And so between the bunk bed at the foot of the bed being against the wall and then the little side rail, it f- and also the bunk bed like kind of being low. Yeah. It made it feel so contained in there. Oh yeah. It was actually really nice. Like I got bunk in there are- times and I was like, yeah. this is like cozy. Bunk but- beds are super cozy. My brother and I slept in one when we were babies or little. And right. it was just like it always felt like a fort. A forever totally. fort. Yeah. It totally feels like a forever fort. And the only reason that I will never have one in my home is because I do not want to commit to making a bed on a bunk bed no. every week. Mm-mm. I don't think our beds were ever made in those things. Yeah. It's impossible. Right. It's so hard. <laughs> like changing the sheets smash. is no. just horrible. Impossible. Yeah, no. No. But yeah, so it worked out. Um, it was better than I thought it would be. Let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsors, Ned, the makers of our favorite CBD products, their new and improved sleep blend. If you haven't tried it yet, this is your last week. As of today, this is your last day to get the March birthday month special discount, which is 21% off your order. Claire and I have raved about this product. We love Ned. We love the quality. It is the best-selling sleep blend. It's new and improved and offering an even greater night's sleep. Whether or not you like hotel sleep, whatever you need for sleeping, I have been taking it because we have a new puppy. I really need to get a good night's sleep. Even though I wake up in the middle of the night, I go right back to bed. I sleep like a baby. The new sleep blend has 24% more sleep-inducing botanicals by weight than the previous version. And as always, all of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by Jonathan, an independent farmer, and his family in Peonia, Colorado. It's Ned's birthday month, like I said, so you can get their new and improved sleep blend to try. Our listeners get 21% off with code JOY for the month of March only. So that is ending today if you're listening to this in real time. It's their best offer of the year and you can support the podcast. Visit helloned.com forward slash joy to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 21% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. All right, Joy, tell us about the puppy. Man. So everybody knows, maybe, sort of, I think everybody knows at this point that we got a new puppy to raise for Canine Companions. His name is Joe. And a few weeks ago, the puppy raising program contacted us and said, hey, we have a puppy for you. And let's just once again, reminding everybody at home, Joy did not name Joe. They come with a name. They all come with a name. We don't know if Joe is named after anybody but I did text the gif of Kamala saying, we did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. And I'm just planning on texting that every so often for the next two years. <laughs> Which I really appreciate because that one really made me laugh. And whenever we're on, we're on a walk now, I always go, we did it, Joe. A few weeks ago, we got contacted by the puppy raising program or the puppy program department. And they said, hey, we have a puppy for you. Would you like to raise a boy? And Scott and I were like, whoa, we didn't realize we were going to get one so soon. 
Back in November, when Cadet turned into college to advanced training, we got on the puppy raiser list right when we got back from turning her in. And they told us six to nine months from then, which is pretty accurate for the most part, because they have such a long wait list. They're like, yeah, there's just no way you're going to get one sooner. So apparently what happened is there was a puppy raiser who had to back out and the puppy was slated to come to Colorado anyway. I don't know how all of the dispersing of the puppies work, work, but they had to keep this puppy in Colorado. So they're like, hmm, let's try all of our Colorado puppy raisers. So they sent us an email, said, do you want one in a couple weeks? And we were like, holy crap. We weren't prepared to have one this soon. So we have like a couple things coming up, but we're like, Scott and I were like, yeah, let's just figure it out. Because in all honesty, I know this sounds silly, but I'd way rather potty train a dog when the weather's starting to get warmer as opposed to really, really cold weather because standing outside waiting for a dog to pee or poop in the cold and with puppies, you have to be with them at all times and you have to put them on leash so they get used to peeing and pooping on a leash. Anyway, I was like, yeah, let's do it now. The second we found out that we were avail- like able to get a puppy, I was so excited and I- Scott was like, let me sleep on it because... He's had to go through some, he's had a, a, not a rough couple of few months, but he's just had some ups and downs with work in the past few months. And he took some time off in March. And I'm like, look, if we get a dog during your time off, are you going, are you going to be okay? Because I don't want you to be like taking this time off. And this is a lot of work. And so he's like, yeah, let me sleep on it. And then the next morning he's like, what do you think? And I was like, and I really wanted this to be his decision just because I know that if I was going to push for it, he would do whatever I wanted. And I did not want him to regret like not having some time off during this month because he worked so hard. And uh, so I was like, this is all you. This is your decision this time. I mean, it's always been our decision, but you know what I mean? So he goes, what do you think? And I'm like, whatever you think. And he's like, I think we should do it. And I was like, yay. (laughs) So we got one sooner than we thought we would. And his name is Joe and he's perfect. Let's see. We found out the day before what his, we, we kind of had an idea. It's funny, all these private Facebook groups that I've mentioned before, everybody kind of like posts the puppies and litters and you try to find out which ones are coming to Colorado. It's all this like very behind the scenes sleuthing that goes on. But in the end, you never really know which one you're going to get. So the day before we found out, we're getting Joe, Joe the fourth. And the reason it's the fourth is because they have other Joes in the CCI program. And so they have to number them to keep track of which Joe is which. So we have Joe and he's so cute. And so he originally was supposed to arrive on the 18th. The flights changed and they got a better flight, meaning it was just a shorter flight for these puppies. And there's only two dogs these beautiful, beautiful, amazing people who have private jets and are just independently wealthy were able to volunteer their time and their jet. Apparently, this family was just like coming to Colorado anyway. And whatever ties they have to call to Canine Companions, they just allowed these dogs to be on their private jet with them when they flew their family to Colorado. So we are at this like tiny little private airport. It kind of reminded me when you and I went to on Greg Glassman's jet because we were like, we want to fly like this all the time. Like this family truly flies like this all the time. And I'm like, yes, this is the life. We walk up to their private jet and we're like, do you have dogs on the plane? Like we had the flight number, but we didn't know for sure. But we're just like walking up to this private jet on the tarmac this like sweet family comes off and they're like, yes, we held them the whole time. And they just slept on our chest. I'm like, oh my gosh, these dogs had the best first start. They didn't even have to ride in their kennel on the way. They were they just got like the, the coziest little snuggliest ride uh, on their way to Denver. Here I was all worried because I like can't, I can't think about little baby puppies in a kennel. I mean, can you imagine though, <laughs> being on that plane? Like if you knew a puppy was in a crate on your plane, you wouldn't just um, leave it in the crate. 
never in never. a million years. I and don't so, think like any, I can't like, unless you have like an anaphylactic allergy to puppies, in which right. case even still, I think I would risk it. I'd risk But they were so sweet. It was just like the sweetest couple. And they were like, yeah, we held them the whole time. And they just slept on our chest the whole time. And I was just like, this is so cute. So we took a bunch of pictures. I was just like ecstatic. I could not stop smiling. It's just like the cutest feeling when you meet your little puppy you're going to raise the first time. And he was just so Scott and I have been uh, kind of in puppy haze for the past few days. But um, I think what I'm realizing is how much work cadet was because because Joe is real easy. One of, some of my puppy raiser friends, I've been texting with them. And I'm like, it's I know it's only day three, and I don't want to jinx it. But like, Joe is really easy. And I'm like, this is what was going on with Cadet. And they're like, how come you never told us this? We would have helped you. Like, we could have helped with this, this, and this. I'm like, I didn't know. I thought she was our first puppy we raised. I didn't know. And I'm not saying she was bad by any means. She just was very high maintenance for like the first three months. She whined every night in her crate. She needed constant attention. Whereas Joe is like very, he keeps to himself. He can like settle in his little X pen. He settles in his crate pretty quickly. Like if you put him in his crate, he'll kind of whine for like five seconds. And then he'll be like, oh, oh, okay, we're just, and then he goes to sleep. It's like unbelievable. And I'm a little worried that he's like going to be a hellion as a teenager. He's going to like wake up all of a sudden right. and be like, totally. oh. Right. Yeah. But he's just so cute. He's very snuggly. And he's just, I mean, pup, I think all puppies are cute, but Joe's just like real cute where we just can't he get enough like of him. so sweaty. <laughs> he's very sweaty. He has the cutest little puppy belly. Him. Yeah. Right. And he's just... He's he very snores. chill. He if snores. If you guys have not seen the reel on our Instagram of Joe snoring, just stop <laughs> what you're doing right now. Pull over to the side of the road and that look That was the up. first night. That was the first night. He was just passed out. It was very cute. So we've been jokingly calling him Sleepy Joe. You know, how Trump used to call Joe Sleepy Joe. Anyway. The um, Joe Biden references yeah. will never end. <laughs> they will never end because Joe's sleepy and he's just really chill. And, and he did it. And he did it. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been having a blast. Um, Love it. So keep watching stories and reels because I'm trying not to spam too much puppy. Like I know people are like, you can never do too much puppy. I'm like, you kind of can though. Like there was really a limit, at least on stories. You don't want, I, here's the thing on stories. If I see someone has like a hundred or whatever, you know how like the story little thing, you can see how many stories are left to go. Right. If it's like tick, 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 Yeah. I exit. I'm out. I'm like, you got my attention span for maybe 10 tops. So when we do like Q and A sometimes I'll be like, oh, well, whatever, this is a wash, but like some people want to see all this stuff, but rarely do I do that many. Cause if I see people yeah. with, I'm like, who has that kind of time to spend sitting here watching my stories? I hope you don't. <laughs> I don't know. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, um, if you get, in case you guys haven't heard yet, Instagram now has the functionality to go into a chronological timeline. It does feel a little bit clunky. It's like defaults back to your, you know, your like the feed that shows you just what Instagram wants you to see every time you reopen Instagram. But you can go to the top, click on the little, like go to your feed, click on the little Instagram logo. There's a drop down menu and it'll say following and favorites. 
And you can add folks to your favorites um, to make sure that like anyone you add to your favorites, they'll always show you your, their posts in that stream. I haven't done that yet. It feels like a lot of work, but you can also just go to following and it will only show you accounts that you're following and it will show you their posts in the chronological order, the way God intended Instagram to be. Praise the inner the internet gods. Yeah. Praise internet gods. It's again, like it re-defaults back to the algorithm every time you reopen your account. And maybe it's because we switch accounts back and forth. Like I switch accounts back and forth between my personal account and the and the podcast account like multiple times per day. So maybe right. that's why. Right. But it just kind of keeps switching back. But try it. It's kind of amazing. But I've been really proud of our reels and our uh Instagram. I Me will too. save I'll save Joe reels or not reels. You can always find reels. If you missed one and want to go back and look at them, you can look up our reels pretty easily um in our little reels box. But highlights on our stories, if you go to dogs, I'm gonna be adding to that. There's a lot of cadet, but I'm trying to just pick the cutest one so there's not a million to sift through. If you have any specific questions, if you're just interested, you may not be, but if you're interested, I'm obviously interested, interested in kind of knowing what it takes to train a service dog, or if you just have specific questions about what I do to train and raise Joe, just drop a note in our DMs, or there's a post I did recently with Joe's cute face, you can ask the question there. Because then I'll try to focus on those questions. So I'm giving you content that's helpful and or interesting. All right. So we have a couple of Q&A questions left over from last week, two weeks ago, when we did some Q&A. And we are going to get to a few more right now. What oh do you my think? gosh. Can I start with the What's the worst date either of you have ever been on? Do you have one? Oh, wow. I do. I have one. Is this the boyfriend that like you've referenced one in the past where the boyfriend like maybe broke up? What What was the boyfriend one? Oh, I have like- been broken up with in an airport. Yes. Okay. It was the That's airport. not this one. So okay. I've been broken up with twice. And so once in an airport in New Zealand, I had traveled across the globe to visit my boyfriend who was studying abroad and he broke up with me on the drive to back to the airport to drop me off to go back home. So I had to sit in an airplane for 14 hours having just gotten broken up with. Can't believe it. And then to top it all off, while I was there, first of all, Steve Irwin died while I was there. Oh, no. It was like a national tragedy. It was a national tragedy. Literally. So I was in New Zealand when Steve Irwin died. And then number two, that was also the same time frame where when I left, you could still take this. This was like prehistoric era on on planes. You could still take more the than person three ounces to the of liquid gate. with you. Oh. No. More than three ounces <laughs> of liquid. Person to the gate hasn't been since I was a child. Oh, okay. 9-11 was when I was I missed that. Yeah. I know. No. You could still take more than three ounces of liquid with you. And then when I landed back at LAX, that rule, they were like, you can't have more than three ounces of liquid with you. And so at the you- time... So at the time I was collecting snow globes oh, and I had this like this story. beautiful you snow globe story. and they were like, you can't take this with you. And I just started sobbing hysterically Crying. and the guy, the security guard was like, oh my God. And I was like, it's not about the snow globe. And like, it's not like, did the guy crying? Oh no. He made me throw it away. Cause it was like day one. He could have yes. been Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. What did the boyfriend say was the reason why he wanted to break Because up? I was leaving. He like didn't want a long distance relationship. Oh, Okay. Whatever. And then I also, again, another time got broken up with on the way back to the airport because of another boyfriend who didn't want a long distance relationship. Anyway, mm, okay. bad luck. And then in that time, I then got, went back and it went into the airport, was crying, called my mom. And I was sitting there on the phone, my mom crying and a stranger came up and hugged me. And she was like, it sounds like you really need a hug. And Aww, it was so people cute. People like that are just angels on earth. Yeah. It was really sweet. So I do remember that sweet lady for like giving me a hug. And she was like, that guy sounds like a jerk. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> no. 
last, those were not the worst dates because those are only kind of dates. The worst sure. date I've ever been on. I went on a first date once in college with a guy who was like my TA or something, right? So he was a grad student and I was an English major. And if anybody has ever met an English grad student, my apologies to all you English grad students out there, but they're weirdos. Like you don't get a master's in English lit because you like, like to party. <laughs> I feel like I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I like to party. Like these guys, they're like, I love, 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 love to critically analyze books. But I understand that to be like a personality flaw. So like, don't hate me for this. Don't hate me for this. All you English majors. I am one of you. And I understand that like, this is not making me cool. This guy, we go to the dark horse in Boulder, which is if anyone has ever been there, it is this very dark bar. I don't think there's a single window in there and they sell like burgers and fries and obviously like beers. And we go there to watch a Broncos playoff game. Listeners never go on a first date to watch a playoff game. You are committing to minimum four hours on this date by like the, by two minutes into the third quarter, I was like, I got to get out of here because this guy at very early in the date was like, so tell me like about the other classes you're taking, like super normal question. So I tell him about this math class that I was taking. I am not a math person. I took this math class called math for the environment, which I don't know how this professor got away with this, but it literally was just this like crazy hippie with all of these conspiracy theories and like to this day, I don't remember doing any math in that class, but the <laughs> first, thing, the whole class. first week, all we did was watch who killed the electric car. Oh, my God. <laughs> how is that math? How, 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 how? And then he had like an entire unit on how the CIA planned 9-11. So I brought that up. That would not, like, that does not oh, age well. And guys, <laughs> Boulder, this is real Boulder. life. I see you, Boulder. Oh my gosh. That makes so much sense. Yep, yeah. That's well, Boulder. This guy was like buddies with the guy who got fired for saying, for like making the comparison about 9-11 yes. and the Holocaust. Yes. Remember when we used to care about people making those kind of comparisons and now people can just get away with it anytime they want. Anyway, that guy. And so we started talking about my classes. I'm like, yeah, I have this crazy professor who thinks the CIA planned 9-11. And he's like, well, they did. This date, deadpan, straight face, not joking. He's like, the CIA did plan 9-11. I was like, oh, no. You're like, so how here can I, am, I drop this class immediately? Bar with this guy. Oh, the guy said have, that, not your professor. Said oh, that. The, the professor guy. said that, and it was weird. The guy okay, I'm on a okay. date with said that five oh. minutes into a minimum four-hour-long required date. And then I'm like, okay, so like I've it just is bad. And then we're like, get to halftime, and I'm like kind of starting to eye the exit. And he's like, so um, did you drive here? And I was like, yeah. Did you drive here? He's like, no, my friend dropped me off. And I was like, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, because I got a DUI. And um, could you take me home? Oh, my gosh. So then I couldn't leave early because like, what oh, was I no, do? I you were his ride. Anyway. And now I have to drive him home. So then and then he did like the awkward car hug. Like nope. everything about this date was just zero, so zero out of 10. So bad. Oh. <sighs> I don't want to tell mine. I'll tell it really quick. Uh, (laughs) I, oh God, this makes me sound so stupid. I did this like dating show on the radio in my 20s. So I went on the radio. How has this never come up before? (laughs) You guys, we have known Joy for almost 10 years. And this is the first time we're hearing about this. Yeah, I did a like win a date, whatever. Win a date Wednesday. It was win a date Wednesday. And so they would, you would apply and they'd pick somebody to come on the show and then people would call in and then you'd like pick who you wanted to go on a date with. So I applied because I was like young and sassy. If anybody knows the DJs Slacker and Steve in Colorado, they're like, (laughs) do you know Slacker and Steve? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I went on Slacker and Steve and actually it wasn't. But it Slacker wouldn't have been Slacker and Steve. It was like it was Greg Slacker and Bo. And Bo. Slacker and yeah. Bo. So it was Slacker before and Slacker and Bo, there was Greg and Bo. Greg and Bo. I remember Greg 90s. and Bo. And then, and then Slacker, Slacker and Bo. And, Bo and yeah. Slacker and Steve. Slacker and Steve. Yeah. So Slacker and Bo, I went, which they were great and still are. And by the way, Scott and I, when we watch the four o'clock news, they do a Slacker and Steve like cut to them in the studio. And it is always so cringy funny because they're such nerds in like the best way. Anyway, we love them so much. So whenever they come on, I'm like, Slacker and Steve. So Slacker and Bo, I went into their studio and won a date with this guy. And it was actually a, because this is where it all goes bad. A girl calls in and is like, my best friend is like, you know, he would be perfect for this girl. Because I was like, you know, telling myself about telling everybody about myself. She goes, I think he would really be great. And he's a doctor and he's this and he's that. And so I'm like, all right, fine. So I picked, I think I picked him out of whomever called. I can't remember. So they're like, yes, and we'll pay for it. So you go to Cherry Creek Girl tonight at seven o'clock. I meet him there. He shows up and he could not have been like less interested in me. (laughs) He was like nice. But he was very like, just, you could tell that he was very uncomfortable with being there because his friend like set him up to do this. And I think I was just a, he was like very buttoned up and I'm not. And so I'm there with like all my bright colors and my glitter looking like, like a unicorn. And he's like super buttoned up, just buttoned up. I don't know how else to describe him. Like good looking guy. Like the the kind of guy who probably irons his jeans. Yes, yes, yes. And it was like nice enough. It wasn't like a terrible date, but the whole time I could just be like, he wants to leave so bad. Like I could just tell he was not into it. So I was like, fine, it was a great night, whatever. And the next day, Slacker and Steve call him on the air to like ask how it went. So and then I'm listening. I think I'm listening on the other line. And he's like, and they're like, so what did you think? Like, you want to go again? go out and he was like no she's just not my type and and slacker and Bo were like what he's like what a really amazing beautiful girl's not your type he like got so mad at him and they were they were like super sweet about it and then actually the funny thing is after this i was like i was gutted and it like super embarrassed because this I think this is like kind of before text messaging was like super big. So it wasn't like the guy could just be like, Hey, I'm going to like throw you into the bus tomorrow. <laughs> like, I'm not sure he would do that anyway, but he like didn't, he was just like, yeah, she's, she's, it was fine, but not for me. So I was like super embarrassed. But after that, the producer of the show, what was his name? It doesn't matter. He totally ghosted me, but he emailed me and he was like, Hey, that guy was a douchebag. If you ever want to go out, let me know. And I was like, oh my gosh, cool. And so I went out with the producer who was awesome and he had a great time, but then he ghosted me and never called me back after one date. Yeah. You could have been radio royalty this whole time. I really could have with Slacker Bo and Slacker Steve. Yeah. What was his name? Geronimo. His name was Geronimo. Like, that was oh. his handle. Yeah, I was like, that's not his real name. No, <laughs> not his real name. His name is Mike, but I think his name is Mike. Mike. But his handle was Geronimo. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Mike. Whatever. I think his name is Mike. Yeah, he totally ghosted me. So that was, that's still to this day. I'm like, wow. oh, that was not a good day. It was just so uncomfortable. 
So it's really uncomfortable. I um, am surprised that we both have such long stories for that answer. I am too. And that also was also that very, we've never told them before, which just goes to show that after nine years of podcasting, there's still stuff to talk about. So if you're thinking of starting a <laughs> podcast and if you're worried about running out of things to say, you're always going to get a question. Yeah. What's the, okay, let's turn to the tables. What's the first thing you noticed about Brandon or, or Scott when you met? I know this about you because you met him when you were going to, you were like some, you're renting a boat or something, right? Renting a boat. And you're yeah. like, that guy's really cute. Yeah. He was really cute. You're just, I don't he's know. just really cute. Yeah. I struck up a conversation. I actually didn't want to start up a conversation with him because we were running late and I hate running late. Yeah. And I was with my friend who was visiting. I was living in Moab. My friend was visiting from out of town. We were renting a boat from this like town, this shopper Brandon would worked that rented out boats. And he had a Knowles t-shirt on, which if you guys don't know what Knowles is, National Outdoor Leadership School, it's like Outward Bound, if you are more familiar with Outward Bound. And I had done a Knowles trip the summer before, and Sarah knew that, my friend Sarah knew that about me. And so she struck up a conversation with Brandon and was like, oh, have you done Knowles? So was Claire. So that was kind of, I guess, the first thing. Like, I mean, I just noticed that he, in general, was cute, but then that he had this t-shirt on that we had this thing in common. I mean, pretty like standard, cute guy. Yeah. I remember... I'm sure I've told some of the story, but the short version is Scott and I knew each other for years before we actually dated. We ran with the same group. We kind of knew the same friends. So whenever we would be at parties, I would see Scott. And then after the fact, everyone would be like, you should date Scott. He likes you. And I'd be like, well, tell him to call me. And he never called me. So the joke was that he did have my number, but he never called me. But mostly because he was either dating someone or I was dating someone. So whatever. But the party that we went to, we went to a friend's engagement party. And the thing that I will never forget, and I remember, I remember driving to this party with my best friend. And I was like, you know, this guy Scott's gonna be there. And I had been through so many bad relationships, or, you know, just those relationships where you're like, I'm so tired of dating. And I remember driving to this party being like, hey, if this guy Scott's there, I'm actually going to talk to him and kind of get to know him a little better. Because like, maybe I do need to get to know this guy. Like, that's just kind of where I was my head was at. And she's like, yeah, I think you should. So we get there, he's there. And this amazing couple, friends of ours, were like so happy for them. No one, I mean, everyone was there to just kind of like party and celebrate with them, but no one really brought them a gift. And it wasn't expected to have a gift. Like no one, and so here we begin Scott's gift giving, right? No one was expected to bring a gift, but I'll never forget Scott like walks up to them and he's like, the groom is from Venezuela. And so Scott had found a record of a Venezuelan artist to give to Miguel because he's like, this guy's really great. And he gave Miguel and Lindsay this Venezuelan artist vinyl. And I just remember thinking, that is the most goddamn thoughtful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I really like this guy. Like, who? how thoughtful can you be? Then we started talking at that party and one thing led to another. And the next thing you know, we were like scheduling our first date. And that was that. And I just remember being like, so taken by his thoughtfulness. Which is hilarious because like now it's like almost too much of a good thing where you're like, Scott, stop buying stuff. Oh, for sure. The other day, here's an example. Here's an example where it's a funny thing. I need a new pair. I have a I have a gift card from Nordstrom that I haven't used yet from Christmas. And I'm like, I just need to, I said it out loud. And the second I said it, I regretted it because I was like, he's on the case. So I said, I need a new pair of Uggs because the one I have, I wear them all the time. They're so disgusting. They're probably like three years. They just like get gross after Uggs so much. don't age well. They don't. And so I was like, I really just need to get a new pair of Uggs. And I'm just waiting for them to go on sale. I'm looking at Nordstrom Rack. He goes, all right. And then I see him typing furiously. Next thing you know, I have a link and they were perfect. And I ended up buying them because I'm like, actually, this is exactly what I'm looking for. But he 
is a dog with a bone. If you give him a task to you do cannot, to find some, like, no, you can't mention, no, not even a sniff of I need One something. One time I texted Scott because Brandon needed a suit for an interview that was like going to be the next day. And I, I was like, hey, Scott, like, where's your favorite place to buy suits? Brandon or like Brandon has a couple interviews coming up and he needs a new suit within moments. I have multiple links. He's like, Oh, um, this is a sale coming up. If you can wait a couple days, like, <laughs> like, but make sure you go to the park metals location. Cause their sale is going to be higher. And I was like, I thought I was expecting you to be like, Oh, um, J crew factory has some good stuff. Not like here. Claire is my quarterly report on suits for yeah. tall guys. <laughs> um, unbelievably yep. helpful yep. in those scenarios yeah it's really funny so he, unbelievably he, helpful <laughs> he can't yeah he can't not get involved when there's something to be found no. yeah he can't help himself so that's that's really funny and that's how oddly and funnily enough what drew me to him in the first place now we joke about it but maybe we should do one more yeah when can brandon and scott come on the show uh never you guys they're not funny like us like they're funny <laughs> in their own way but they would just be not together uh-huh. they would be they would try too hard so they would try too hard hard brandon's been on the show <laughs> yeah that was like first like, year probably six or seven years ago at least yeah. at this point because yeah, yeah it was so we funny. talked about men uh someone does want to know about your nose piercing removal Good question. Okay, guys. So I had my septum pierced. I got my septum pierced last year, like or last summer in July. And I took it out probably like two or three weeks ago. Two reasons. The first reason is that I just kind of was like over the the whole aesthetic. I love it on so many other people. And I just kind of was getting tired of seeing it on my own face, which whatever that happens. The main reason though, that I finally pulled the plug, no pun intended. <laughs> Is that the booger management was just getting out of control. And I found myself constantly just like picking a slight booger in the inner corner of my nostril. Mm. And I couldn't ever, it was always there. And then if I ever had to wear a mask, which was, you know, regularly and it was cold out, I would get condensation on my nose ring. And that was horrible. And so it just got to the point where I was, I just like felt like I was always messing with it. And I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to feel like I was always messing with my nose. So Mm -hmm. I took it out. I've had my nostril pierced. I've pierced it and re-pierced it three or four times. And so who's to say that I will never get my septum re-pierced, but it's so interesting because like if I push up on that part of my nose, it's kind of like I can feel where the hole was because it's like, it feels just like a little bit different. It almost feels um, like scar tissue. yeah, a little scar tissue, which is un- which is odd because apparently, according to my piercer, the your septum piercing it like never really fully heals again after you've had it for you know six months or so. So I'm I but I did have to take my nose ring out for an MRI. Or I had to take it out for an MRI back in December, and I had to go back to the piercing place to get it put back in because I could not find the hole. Oh my god! It. Did it hurt? And, did it hurt to actually get the piercing? So people always ask me these questions. They're like, "Do tat- did your tattoos hurt? Did your piercings hurt?" Like a needle is going needle. through your body, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. not, a, it's not, it's, it's not pleasant, but it's not I guess, free. I guess if you're like on a, like getting my ears pierced compared to be, that. Right. I mean, I, it hurts a little bit more than getting your ears pierced. Okay. And, Cause getting your ears pierced goes so fast where you're just like, woo. And then it's over. Right. I would say it was probably on par in terms of pain with like a blood draw that maybe is not your best. Ah, I've been through many of those. Where you're kind of like, you are definitely noticing it the whole time. You're not really okay. enjoying it. Can but you you're ask- not like writhing away. Okay. 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 That that helps. Can you ask a side note to all the nurses out there who do blood draws or Brandon? 
I have been through so many blood draws because of Graves' disease and because of the bone marrow stuff. Like I just know, now I know that there's people who are real good at it and there's people who are not great at it. And I would like to know why some people can get my vein and why some people take five tries and then they go get their nurse friend. They're like, oh, your veins are too hard. I'm like, well, the person yesterday had no problem finding this vein. It's like- it's totally different for every person. So they made I me think, feel like I have bad veins, but then like I'll go to someone who has like, and I don't even feel it. Okay. So first of all, you might be dehydrated on the days where they can't find your veins. That makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. I try to drink water. Okay. And then second of all, according to Brandon, who hates getting his blood drawn and hates drawing other people's blood. Oh, okay. He doesn't like it. Blood drawing is like a very unique skill. And okay. IV starting is a very unique skill. When you have to access someone's vein in that way, it's a very, very unique skill Okay, that good certain to know. nurses are really good at. And some of them, if you work in a certain field and then that you do it a lot more. And, and then there's like a whole other field of just people who are phlebotomists and all they do is- That's all they do, right? But here's the thing. And I really want nurses to weigh in on this because I want to know. I, I don't know anything about this. So if I go to like a lab core- I would assume that that's all they do all day long. And at LabCorp, I've had some of my very interesting experiences getting I mean, blood drawn. <laughs> yeah, I, it's kind of like, I mean, not to say that being a phlebotomist is the same thing as being a waitress, but it's like, just because you wait tables all day long doesn't mean you're any good at it. Yeah, that's true. Just because anybody does their job all just, day long doesn't automatically mean they're good at it. But, but like, then I'll go to like the the lab at yeah. Kaiser to get my blood drawn and like they are they rock. Oh, I mean, like Miles has had his blood drawn. And I remember that phlebotomist being like, I still remember that guy because like, he it was so seamless. seamless. And Miles was not even three at that point, probably. So I think that there are just some people who have the touch. Okay. I also just think that it's something that a lot of people do a lot more often. Like, I guess yeah. my question is like, I don't know how this it sounds ignorant, but like, I don't know how hard it is. So should, should everyone be good at it? Or like, how hard is it to do? I actually think that that's the key is like, so, for some people, like if they, like for Brandon, like he gets so in his head about it and he like really worries about it. And so Got it. he like has a heavier hand for some sure. people, like it doesn't feel like a big deal. It doesn't feel that hard. And they, they're like, well, I don't get it. Why is it so hard for you? Yeah. I think it's just one of those like sure. okay. skills that, okay. yeah. Because I agree with you. Like I've had yeah. blood draws where like you barely even notice it. And then I've had other blood draws where I'm like, what are you doing? Like something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come home with like a huge bruise. Yeah. Huge um, bruise. So I would say getting your septum pierced is on par with like, not the worst blood draw you've ever had, but like a, a not an uncomfortable one. one. Yeah. An uncomfortable blood draw. And then it, it is hard to, it is uncomfortable to heal. Although it heals relatively quickly, like about a month, you don't really realize how much you like stretch out that part of your face. Like move your lip around and like, you know, yeah, this, that yeah. like that part of that skin in between your two nostrils gets Moves moved with around it. a lot. And so yeah. I didn't really think about that. And then I got my septum pierced and like that night we had nachos and I like couldn't open my mouth. Oh, nacho it hurt. Yeah. I couldn't like, ah, I just had to keep my, like try <laughs> imagining putting a giant nacho in your mouth without moving your upper lip. You just have like, to do uh, like a finger mustache to hold it in place. Yeah. I should have done that. I didn't do that. I just ate like <laughs> tiny little bites of nacho. 
Oh, which is so sad because nachos are delicious. Nachos are so good. You just want to, but no, not if you have a new septum piercing. Okay. Can I end with like one minute of something really quick? I want to ask you. Yeah, enjoy. I would would like to remind you for the hundredth time, you may do whatever you want. Well, I'm just looking at the time and I have to go tend to a puppy. But is there there any opinion that you have so far about the Will Smith or Chris Rock thing? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I want people to weigh in because it just happened yesterday. We're recording on Monday, the day after the Oscars. We're going to release this on Thursday. I'm sure everything has changed by then. But Scott is convinced it was it was staged. Convinced. I think if it was staged, it was a really stupid thing for Will Smith to agree to. So to agree to. dumb. Why would you stage something like that? I don't think it was staged. I think either way, it was stupid. Whether it was staged or not, it was stupid. I was just really disappointed in the Oscars this year. It was I did so not watch them, and I don't. I'm not. I don't feel so like I missed anything. Even like the outfits, none of them were like. <gasps> I, yeah, I mean, I just feel like whether it was staged or not is it was a bad decision. It was toxic masculinity. And I hope that we are no longer talking about it by Thursday. Yeah. It was just so weird. Move on. It was, it was so weird. Yeah. And it was just like, I mean, if I have a lot to say about if Chris Rock really knew about Jada Pinkett's, Pinkett Smith's alopecia, I'm like, why would you make a joke like that? But then Will Smith, sure, maybe behind behind stage, uh, backstage, maybe to have a little talk with him, say that was inappropriate. Scott's sending me all these articles and videos say, saying that it was fake and that they staged it. And I'm like, you're reading some really funny blogs. Please don't go down the dark web. You're going to end up on parlor reading. Don't about get on Q and on. Like, please, where is he going with this? Right. Anyway, okay, I'm done. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for another week. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Ned. That's helloned.com forward slash joy or you discount code joy. Today is your last day for the upgraded discount of 21% to celebrate Ned's birthday month, March 31st, the last day you can do it. So go order your Ned. Thank you for supporting the brands that support our podcast. Thank you for being here with us. You can follow us on Instagram at Joy and Claire underscore all the puppy content all the time. We're not, we're not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. Not stop. You can, <laughs> you can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, Bye everybody.